Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Another nice win for the Lynx uh, last night, Jim. Uh, uh, Nafisa Collier is really stepping up uh, as, uh, you know, a star player. It probably has been for a few years, of course, but she took a little time off to have a baby, right? And, boy, here she is, 31 yep. points, game-winning shot. Yeah, and we didn't know exactly how she was going to bounce back from pregnancy. It's a horrible thing for an athlete. To have. It's a wonderful thing, but it's a horrible thing for an athlete yep. in terms of performance and training and what it takes out of your body. Um, but, you know, she's really answering some questions because I, she's a world-class player. She's been a world-class player for a number of years. She's been an all-star. But what my concern with her was she might not be, she might not be the right kind of player to be your number one star because she can't just take the ball and go and just score when you need a bucket. Mm. That's what I was saying about her as recently as two weeks ago. Mm. Guess what she's doing now? (laughs) When they need, when they need a bucket, she's taking it and, and she's showing moves and determination and skill sets that I'm not sure we knew she had. Uh, We're seeing now, and she's a tall player with long arms and usually she, she's always gotten her points by taking open shots, by you know being crafty around the rim, uh, by shooting the three, but mostly she was scoring when she was open. Now she's scoring no matter what defense she's seeing. She's she's able to cross over people. Uh, she's splitting defender defenders. She's getting shots with hands in her face. Uh, she is making clutch shots. She might be making the transition from star to superstar right now. Yeah, you know, and uh, in order to make shots in the final second, especially when you've played every minute like Collier did in last night's game, you have to be in terrific shape because shooting is all about the legs. And if your legs are gone because you've played 45 minutes, it's going to be a lot harder to make that shot. She is in terrific condition, having just had a baby not that long ago. Yes, uh, remarkable shape. And, you know, there's not much doubt that she's a worker. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's... Because remember, she was a number six pick in the draft, um, and she was you know the sixth pick in the draft in a league this stacked usually is a rotation player, not a star. Mm. Uh, so she has put in the work, no doubt about it. Uh, she has the skill set. She has a, a really nice size for a power forward in the league with long arms. Uh, she's mobile, and she can you know being able to shoot the three is such a differentiator. She showed right away early in her career, first game they ever started her. Uh, she made three pointers, and, but the ability to get create her own shot—that uh, is a big separator between good players and great players. And she's showing it. And the other development we've seen this week, as this team has started to, to mature, is Diamond Miller makes yes. such a difference with her energy, mm-hmm. uh, her creativity around the basket, her ability to stuff the box score in so many ways. Uh, and every once in a while, she takes an outside shot, and she has a really high release. And it's not really the shot you would teach somebody to take, but if she can shoot just a, a reasonable percentage from outside, combine that with her speed and her aggressiveness, you know she's going to be a star. And and they were able to play tight defense at the end. Uh, Lloyd, I forget her first name, Jewel, I Jewel. think, uh, Jewel. was was lighting him up. I think what she finished with forty one. She has the ball at the end as expected. But the Lynx made it kind of tough on her and a little awkward. I think distracting her as she dribbled the ball off her foot and out of bounds. A tough way for a uh, a player to end a 41-point night. They really defended her well in that possession. And even though she scored 41, she had to take a lot of shots to get there. They didn't mm. make it easy on her. Right. She's just a great shooter. She just uh, She's another Olympian. Uh, she's just a f- fantastic offensive player. 
And, you know, the question for her was how would she play when Brianna Stewart wasn't there to take the lion's share of the defensive attention away from her. Uh, but she's, she's just a scorer. She's just going to score. Let's stick with basketball. I'm reading reports today that the Timberwolves are going to allow Alexander Walker to go free agency, that they're not going to offer him uh, a contract. Uh, have you heard that? Do you think that's true? And what do you think? I don't know what to believe as far as he goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they really fell in love with him last year. I thought that he would be the Torian Prince replacement. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played in the, in the playoffs. He was as good as anybody defending Jamal Murray. Uh, he can shoot the three. He's young. He's athletic. He's not that expensive. I, I don't have any information on this. The Wolves are pretty tight these days in terms of letting anything leak. I'll just say I don't think it would be a good idea to let him leave. I think he fits perfectly what they're trying to do. Uh, NBA and NHL free agency getting under this week. Do you see it's, it's going to be hard for either of them to make too big a splash with their salary cap or luxury tax numbers uh, wherever they happen to be, but what type of a player might each be looking for? Well, if they sign Alexander Walker, I just don't know how much flexibility they're going to have unless they trade you know, similar player for similar player. Mm-hmm. I also think if they gave Alexander Walker, they don't have a whole lot of uh, – of needs other than backup point guard. Mm-hmm. And maybe they just bring McLaughlin back and just try not to play him as much or try to let answer Kyle Anderson handle the ball more or whatever. Uh, I, there's probably a modern basketball solution to not having a pure backup point guard. Uh, but Or, you know, maybe there's a trade that can be made. Who knows? Sure. Uh, but I, not a lot of flexibility there, though. It, you know, maybe if they let Alexander Walker go, that is why they let him go, so they get a pure backup point guard and have that money available for somebody else. Um, the, the Wild, the Parisian sewer contracts are really onerous this year. Next year, I could see Garen being aggressive in the trade market. I can't see him signing a big-time player with the money they have available. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, you know, so we're a couple of years before they get to the end of that. But, you know, it's interesting. He drafted three Minnesota kids, and, and uh, you know, not necessarily that he was just looking specifically for Minnesota. He even admitted, I was a little nervous when I first got here about bringing Minnesota kids in, but they're such good players. Uh, so he keeps doing it. But that doesn't hurt the organization to have some, uh, you know, some local guys with the team. It doesn't. Um, and, you know, the first three picks were all centers. The first two picks were Six three centers. Uh, it's obviously what they were going for. And you know, Garen did an unusual thing in the modern age. He admitted they drafted for need. Now you can get burned doing that, mm-hmm. uh, but if you feel good enough about the player you end up taking, I guess you can. I, I mean, listen, we're not going to know. We're not going to know how to evaluate this trade, this uh, this NHL draft for like three or four years for yeah. the, for a while. They did not take plug and play players, mm-hmm. uh, but you know. I still, I still remember Jacques Lemaire say, you know, hey, you, you know, I like big players because they make the other team nervous. He said, you walk in a room and there's some guy who's six five with muscles all over him, you're not going to feel all that comfortable standing around. He just, he, he, he thought that size was a an important thing to have on your team. Last year they addressed it by getting Ryan Reeves, um, but it, it can never hurt to be big. You know, fast wow. guys get tired, big guys stay big. And Reeves is a free agent, too, for them. Yes. Yeah, yeah they might lose him, and then they'd be back to being a fairly small team relying on Foligno to do all their dirty work. And uh, that did not work out very well in the playoffs to have Foligno trying to be the enforcer. Yeah, they, they were outsized against Winnipeg in the playoffs a couple of years ago. That has been a recurring theme. It has. And uh, I thought that two years ago, 
I thought that the Blues just wore them down physically, and that's why they looked so inept the, at, toward the end of that playoff series. This year, they did have Reeves and Felino, but I thought that Felino was trying to impose his his physicality on the series so much that he took himself right out of the game and yeah. threw stupid penalties, and I thought they kind of lost their minds trying to be physical. So you, you, you want size. I, that one thing I like about Reeves is he's big, but he doesn't take a lot of stupid penalties. Yeah. You know, Felino fell into that trap during these last playoffs. Yeah, got a little emotional perhaps uh, with some of yeah. that as well. Uh, you know, the Twins aren't hitting. Uh, we're halfway into the season. Is this who they are, or can they flip the switch and become a better hitting team and at least get some of their totals? You know, they always talk about regressing to the mean. How about yep. progressing to the mean in the Twins' case? What's going to be fascinating here is if you believe in regression to the mean, and mm. you probably should, yeah. the hitters almost have to be better, and the pitchers, the starting rotation might not be quite as effective. They had a spectacular first half. Now, the good thing that for the pitching staff is that Maeda looks really good. Yeah. Uh, and I could see Pablo Lopez turning it on and having a much better second half. The hitters, they can't be this bad. They just mathematically cannot be this bad. Um, and I, I, as much as I hate picking on coaches because they just don't get, you know, rewarded financially or, or you know, they tend to be scapegoats. Mm-hmm. I just think they need to make a change at hitting coach. You just can't watch this game after the game and not do something different. That can be a shock for the players, too, and, yep. and get them going, motivate them. You just cost this guy his job because you're taking yep. poor at-bats. They won't put it on the hitting coach, so put it on themselves. Sometimes you got to use a little cattle prod on them. Yep, and, uh, you know, listen, coaching is very difficult, and whatever Popkins do it is not working. Mm. I just remember James Rousen being here, and I don't think he came up with any innovative new way to hit. He was just a great psychologist and a great cheerleader for his guys, and I think that's missing. I think these guys are worried going to the batters, but you cannot step into a major league batters box with stray thoughts or worries. Mm-hmm. You got to have some confidence in it. whatever else they teach you or impart to you or information they give you. You also have to feel good getting in the batters box, and these guys look like they're going to the dentist's office. Yeah, Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at Five Sports at Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.